Hello, Blackhawks fans. Welcome in. It's the Four Feathers Post Game Show. Johnny Nani here with Tony Marchese talking finally after almost two weeks about a Blackhawks winner. Hawks defeat the Panthers 3 2 here on Tuesday night. Tony, victory, beers. Let's crack them. Let's crack them, Johnny. Cheers, buddy. Mm. Wow, those taste so sweet. Been way too long. That has been, you said it, man, way too long. Uh, we wanted to celebrate tonight. We did not want to be drowning ourselves in our tears and our beers, uh, so to speak. And we finally got our wish. I feel like last time we were talking, Johnny, things were like ultra depressive. And tonight, different story. Yeah, absolutely, Tony. And, you know, uh, we were on this about two weeks ago and the last time we had a victory. And I told you I was so fired up about it because we didn't want to go into those series down in South Florida and uh, be in the situation that we were in. And, of course, uh, we got swept in both series there. So uh, been a while coming here, but a good response by the Blackhawks tonight. Uh, but we'll get into all of that. Uh, before we do break it down, uh, make sure you go to sportsnet.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Four Feathers Pod and at ONTAP Sportsnet. If you enjoy the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. You can get these podcasts right in your queue as soon as they drop. So, Tony, initial thoughts from tonight. Like I mentioned, a 3 2 Blackhawks win. They hold on in this one. And, um, you know, my first one, I'll just start it off and kick it over to you after this. The Blackhawks played a hard game tonight, and I was proud of the effort. Yeah, Johnny, I uh, I echo that. My, my first initial thought out of this, and I'll probably say it about 10 times. Uh, they played the full 60 and they weathered the storm, Johnny. They got the job done. Yeah, weathering the storm, a theme that uh, comes up here on Four Feathers, and uh, they have not been able to do that consistently, at least over this last stretch uh, that left them winless uh, down the latter half of that road's uh you know, road trip and also uh, in some games before that. So uh, because we had mentioned, uh, sure, it was great. They went up one uh, out tonight and we'll get into all the scoring. But those are other games back down in Florida where they would just relinquish that fairly quickly. So um, I really like the stick to tonight. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it just the effort was all around better. I don't know if it had to do with coming back home, uh, just a little bit of home cooking. I don't know if it had something to do with some of the lineup changes we saw tonight, uh, but it just seemed like they played a, a like a, what you said, a harder style hockey game uh, tonight than what we've seen out of this Blackhawks team in the last two week stretch. Lycanen back in net tonight, Tony, and I think biggest thing, uh, another initial thought here, is uh, Lycanen kind of returning to that mid-February form tonight. Yeah, he did, Johnny, and I I loved seeing that out of Kevin Lycanen, and there was a few big saves that I think were momentum generators uh, for him throughout this contest, but um, just overall good to see because you started to see some of this stuff start to creep up uh, in the media lately. Uh, is it time to give – uh, Calendelia another shot. Is it time to, uh, you know, try and turn this over to Malcolm Subban for a few more games and see what he can do? Uh, but it was good to see Lankin uh, just have another solid performance. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about uh, him kind of being the stabilizer for a little while there, uh, answering a big question coming into the year. Nobody knew um, exactly what the goalie situation was going to be and how they'd perform. Uh, but good to see him get back uh, to kind of that level of play and making, like you'd said, uh, some extremely high level saves here. So um, well, let's break into this one, though, and we'll start with the scoring. Uh, Brandon Hagel with an excellent neutral zone takeaway uh, comes in up the right wing boards, feeds Kubelik across the ice, who buries at five holes. Makes it 1-0 Hawks here. Uh, Hagel Murphy on the assists. Uh, love to see 
Blackhawks get rolling early in this one. I know they had surrendered those leads earlier the game against Florida, but I don't give a shit about that. Um, I will take the first goal in any game that I possibly can, Tony. Absolutely, Johnny. I think uh, first goals are just as important as, uh, you know, last goal. Sometimes you got to set that momentum. We've talked about uh, how important that is in a hockey game to get out to the lead. Uh, it's it's just uh, it's so important, I think, for this Blackhawks team to a young team that can kind of get on their heels. Although we have seen them come back in games. I do like playing with the lead. Uh, and on this goal, man, I, I think. Uh, just the name that sticks out in this one was Hagel, uh, you know, in the play early, uh, getting the job done. We all know that Kubli can finish um, and it's good to see uh, those two connecting right there. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that I really like about this, uh, they talked a lot about response tonight, obviously responding yep. from a bad road trip, responding from that. Even after they get that goal, they keep applying the offensive pressure. They were the better possession team uh, in both the first and second frames tonight. Uh, and the third was fairly even as well. So you got to give them props as well just for playing an urgent game. Uh, I think that that's the biggest thing for me, obviously, besides uh, getting on the uh, score sheet, which you absolutely need to do. Uh, to win hockey games, but um, the the effort sustained uh, after that not falling into a wall um, because I feel like that can be a little bit like, okay, yeah, we got some of the juice back, and then uh, you sit back on your heels a little bit, and next thing you know, uh, it could be ending up in the back of your own net, but that wasn't the case. Um, Blackhawks did have a power play opportunity at 12.01 mark. Uh, no conversion on that one, the Gudis interference penalty, but uh, later in the period, um, in kind of the final five minutes of this thing, Tony, uh, Nikita Zadorov, good to see him get a little bit more offensively because he throws a shot in on net. Uh, Pia Suter had made an excellent kind of uh, full length of the ice play to get back in front uh, position in front of Drager there, and he uh, redirects this thing in uh, to O'Hawks. Uh, they're rolling Zadorov and Kane on the assists here. Yeah, Johnny, uh, I, I love seeing Zadorov get on the score sheet as well. That's a name that uh, you, you don't really see there all too often, although uh, it's good to see him get rewarded. I, I just love defenseman goals. I know this ended up getting tipped in by Suter, uh, but you love seeing them in on the play. Anything that you can get uh, out in the zone uh, towards the net. And, you know, Johnny, you and I have talked about net front presence and being in the right spot all the time. Um, and there you go. There's there's the second one for the Hawks tonight. Uh just another good play. Uh, and you talk about the pressure that was applied here. Uh, Johnny, we talk about stepping on throats. Uh, you can do that early in a hockey game. Um, and you can really, like I said, in the right after the first goal, you could build that momentum. That's what they kept doing. Uh, and you love to see this. So one, I cannot understate my love for net front presence and redirect goals enough because besides one-timer slap shots, redirect goals are definitely my second favorite. Uh, it's unbelievable hand-eye coordination, and it means you're in the right area. So yep. props to be a suitor for being there and Nikita Zorov putting it in the right area there. Um, and then second of all, uh, you talk about uh, kind of stepping on throats here even early. 11-7 scoring chances in favor of the Blackhawks in the first 4-1 to one in those high-danger chances. So uh, all at 5-on-5 five five of those stats. But th that just speaks to your point of stepping on throats even early here. Yeah, just beat your opponent down. And if you do it early, Johnny, you could take a team right out of that hockey game. Uh, obviously, the the the, uh, the opponent has the chance to recollect themselves in in the, in the first intermission, second intermission. But uh, you know, you, you pile enough up early, it gets a little bit more difficult to come back. 
Indeed. So uh, as we move on to the second frame here, uh, fairly early Blackhawks had a chance and they were opportunistic on it uh, because there was a penalty by Tippett at the 305 mark uh, slashing penalty. And, um, you know, at the beginning, a little bit of a scare there. I think Kevin Lagenden pulled a little bit of a Chell goalie move there uh, coming out on, uh, you know, I think it was Strawman or someone there uh, to kind of deny a shorthanded bid. But either way, Blackhawks get it back at the other end and Patrick Kane's vision uh, comes through big time uh, he sauces one up the uh carl soderberg who once again has net front presence here uh, another theme here for the blackhawks which is excellent to see uh but all he has to do is keep a stick right there tip it in and boom blackhawks are up 3-0 at this point yeah johnny i mean this this one uh was a little bit of a chill move in and of itself uh getting across ice over to soderberg and you talk about being in the right spot i love this goal this was probably my favorite one of the night uh just because you and i were, were clamoring for this one uh, on a few previous shows, where we're like, you know, you got to go back to those things that work, um, those high percentage chances. Uh, this is one of them right there, being in those right spots. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, Kane to Soderberg, I mean, that's just a, a match made in heaven when it comes to a guy who's got that type of vision that can get the puck across the crease uh, and to a guy who's going to be in those right spots. So uh, I like that combination, Johnny. And I think that, uh, you know, if the Hawks offense ever starts sputtering again, uh, that that's what you got to go back to. That's what we're talking about when we bring up these situations where, uh, you know, guys being in the right spots, going to going to those areas. This is exactly the definition of what we're talking about. Yeah, you get the skill to feed it and you get the uh, length to finish it. So, I, I mean, that's like you said, match made in heaven right there. I love it. Um, uh, my other kind of comment on this uh, goal that uh, the Blackhawks had their third one of the night was I uh, love to see it going through Gustav Forsling's legs, uh, former Blackhawk. You know, Kane just sauce. excuse me, it might have been a little bit outside of it, but it was as Forsling kind of moved himself to the left and Kane just finds that, you know, threads the needle right through there. So yeah. it's interesting um, you bring that name up, Johnny. As, as I was watching that goal go in, um, and I kind of started thinking back to the, the Gustav Forsling days. It brought me back to an early Four Feathers uh, little hashtag that we had. And I, I just need to know, because I haven't looked him up in a little while, but do you remember 40s for Fortin? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Fortin. Where, oh. where where the hell is that guy? Right? Yeah, Alexander Fortin. I don't know. They might be playing uh, European uh, hockey somewhere, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm just I'm going back to the early days after that goal, and I'm like, man, we could have done real good shit here on Four Feathers if uh, if he had worked out, because I think we could have, you know, print the 40s for Fortin shirts and had 40s for Fortin more often. I thought that that one was going to work out, but anyway, yeah. So, um, you know, a little blast from the past, Four Feathers there. Um, like I mentioned, Keynes, uh, that was his second assist of the night here. Um, just unreal vision uh, on that goal. So got to give him props there. So after the Blackhawks had killed off a Florida power play, uh, not too long after, Nola Chari makes a beautiful feed over to Anton Strollman, uh, who buries it, and the Hawks kind of all got sucked over to one side on that one. So wide open net for Strollman there. But uh, Lankinen also kind of got caught, looked like his stick got caught on the right side as he was trying to shove over to his left. Uh, a little bit of a tough break there. But, um, Tony, the thing that I loved about, the response here, this is going to be a huge theme of, ten, you know, this uh, episode and the game in itself uh, is responding. The Blackhawks absolutely piled on the pressure. They did not fold like in games past after this. And you go and look at the natural stat trick, uh, you know, shot chart of uh, Corsi events. It goes all up in favor of the Blackhawks after this goal. Um, and I think that's a huge step forward for this team. 
Yeah, you know what, Johnny and I, I, I agree with this because you know that you get that 3-0 lead and you hear the cliche, you know, it's the most dangerous lead in hockey, and you know, you're gonna squander that. And uh things start to get in your head with what we've watched with this with this team over the last two weeks. I'm like, okay, uh here here comes the storm that we're gonna need to weather. It's time to batten the hatches down. And the Blackhawks didn't batten the hatches down at all. They they just they just took the possession back and they took control of the game. And so that that two goal lead felt to me at least through the end of the second period, Johnny. And I'll ask you that this question: that that two goal lead felt as safe as the three goal lead to me. Yeah, and you know it was only because of the response. It could have gone right. completely different. So yeah, no, I'm with you there. And I think the biggest thing here is Florida scoring so early uh, in this second period. You know when they got their um, you know first goal of the night. Granted, it made it only three to one at that point. Uh, but if you let them keep going on the momentum train, keep tilting that ice in their favor, um, that's probably eventually going to end up in another goal. Um, at the end of the second period or at the beginning of the third period uh, in their favor. So um, I think that was, you know, just huge response wise. Uh, there's that word coming up again, but that, that was just, I mean, you, you can't understate it uh, how big it was uh, for them to come out and not be, I feel like they get kind of scared uh, after, yeah. you know, in, in games past, they would get scared after someone scored on them like that, but no, it, it was finally taking it to uh, the other team and continuing playing on uh, the level that they were playing at before. Um, and obviously it tipped the scales in their favor uh, in the ulti- in the end result. Yeah, Johnny, I agree. And uh, you've got one last note here for this period, man. Uh, Zedrov and, and Connolly uh, mixing it up in the towards the end of that third here. And uh, another word, response, again, um, just overall the response from the Blackhawks to tip the scales towards themselves back again. I think that they 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 had a few more chances that they could have buried. I want to say Kevin Lankinen also kept them in this and can't be understated there because you know you come up, you let a soft goal in during that time frame, Johnny, and you're still talking about that 3-2, and that's when things can get ugly. So overall good response uh just throughout the rest of this, man. And and it it was just not only the fact that they were able to come out and take control of this game early. But to not let things slip away during that second period, especially when it's you know historically been a team who comes back and scores that first goal early or late in a period where those scales can tip, I think the Hawks did such a great job in this one, and this is where the victory was ultimately earned. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, you talk about that Zadorov and Connolly kind of mixing it up in front of the net. That's just kind of your standard, uh, you know, uh, shoving back and forth. You did not see this uh, in, in the Tampa series, and it was much needed uh, during that series, and they absolutely got bullied uh, around by it. Well, this is where, Johnny, I miss two guys on the ice. I miss Andrew Shaw, and I miss Drake Kajula on this team. That's where I miss yeah. those two types of players because – during those series, you're seeing this team get bullied around. You need a big guy like Nikita Zadorov to mix it up a little bit. I think you also miss kind of the heart and soul of Brent Seabrook also in that role a little bit. Like just somebody who you're you're not going to mess around. Somebody who's going to get agitated uh, in those in those types of situations to kind of keep your energy levels up because it just felt it, at least the road trip to me, Johnny. It felt stale. It felt it felt bland. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I, I'm with you on that. And it continues over in the third period as we break into this here. Um, you know, Lankin makes a, a decent stop early. The Toronto's with the net front presence. And Murphy, uh, giving him some shove back to the door, was also out there. So he came out and ganged up a little bit after. But I just like to see that response. There's that word again. Like I said, it was going to come. Um, but, you know, that was, you know, big. And it was just something that we didn't see. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of pushback when the other team started to get a little physical uh, in the Tampa series. Um, it, as we come back and roll through this third period a little bit, man, hey, props to Kevin Lankin and throughout this whole thing. Yes. We talked about him returning to kind of mid-February form here. Yes. Uh, prime examples of it, dude, stacking the pads is cool and tough, Tony. You know, I saw a lot of comparisons to uh, Dominic Hasek, um, you know, former Blackhawks goaltender, one of my favorite goal- goaltenders of all time, uh, if you take uh, Patrick Waugh out of the equation. Uh, but, yes, man, stacking the pads is cool and tough. We've we've always been big fans of stacking the pads here. I, we, Robin Lehner last year uh, was pulling off some some similar things uh, that we were all very excited about on this show, Johnny. And um, you know, anytime I see that, it's just it's such a blast from the past. It's old time hockey, and I love it. You know what I also love too is Kevin Lankinen's response. They asked him about that specific save where he you know was kind of made the first one and then was down, um, obviously horizontally on the ice and had to stack the pads and lift it to make that second save. But he had said, Oh, just another one out of the toolbox. And I just love that mentality from it. Cause it's like, what else are we going to see from this guy? Yeah. You don't know, man. And I'm, I'm really excited to watch this kid grow. Um, you know, I'll say it again, man, this was my pick to stand out this year. And he's, he's done some pretty standout type things, man. And I, I love watching it. I'm excited to see, you know, how far he can take this, Johnny, because if Kevin Lankinen winds up being, uh, you know, the type of goalie that can start to learn how to steal games and playoffs and get some playoff experience underneath his belt, and we've seen him be calm in some really, like, like serious situations. And I think, like, even tonight uh, was another test with him, another good hockey team. Um, you see him start to get comfortable doing this in big time situations, Johnny, and that's the type of goaltender uh, that can wind up stealing a playoff series and, and carrying your team to a cup. Uh, I, I really love what I see from this kid so early, and just the confidence and the cockiness is just it 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 just eludes cool and toughness to a T, and uh, he he's he's starting to earn that badass badass reputation as being the type of goalie that. Uh, can can do this type of thing and it's happening early in his NHL career. We'll talk a little bit more about the significance of this because I do have a couple points on that in the final observations here. Let's run down uh, the final action in this game, though. Uh, the Blackhawks would go to the box once again, though. Uh, it was Zadorov with a hooking penalty at 1426. In my opinion, kind of a necessary penalty, though, um, because Florida was going to get a grade A chance right there on the doorstep it, had he not taken that penalty. So uh, you talk about not being quick to it, whatever, um, at the time. I'm not too, too upset about the way that that thing went down. But, of course, uh, Q gets ultra-aggressive, uh, pulls a goalie immediately uh, when the Panthers have the power play here. And uh, Wenberg eventually taps one in, just a huge cluster when you got six against four out there, just bodies, uh, you know, a plenty uh, going everywhere, and the puck eventually trickled down there. Um, so good, you know, kind of uh, hand-eye coordination there. Wenberg kicks it to his stick uh, right at the doorstep, puts it in, 3-2 Hawks there. And this is where the storm, uh, you know, keeps coming at, at you. And we talk about weathering the storm all the time, Tony. Uh, they were able to do it uh, down the stretch here and just some of the things that happened. Hagel and Murphy, uh, they come 
come through with a huge pair of big blocks uh, to kind of negate a Florida pressing chance there. And then the Panthers would pull the goalie uh, again, Tony. And, um, you know, uh, Yanmark gets in after a clear and Aaron Ekblad uh, slashes him uh, probably, you know, uh, smartly. So uh, to keep Florida's chances for a little bit more. And uh, the Blackhawks had a chance to bury it here. Uh, once again, that front presence, a guy that we talk about, Carl Soderberg, Boquist had a shot from the point and this redirect hurt me tony because it was he was already behind the netminder and he just deflected it through the crease i was so heartbroken on that one (laughs) you know johnny i i i love the coach q aggressiveness to uh to pull the goalie all the time but uh you know it, it it just it pains me to see the hawks uh you know get beat by uh, by the early goalie pull, Johnny. And I, I mean, I've got to go back to it because it's something that I complained about when we were on yeah. this show reviewing, you know, Coach Q stuff. And man, like you just, you hate to see that first one just go in so early and, and so aggressive. Um, I, I have to think of, I have to go to your thoughts on this one. Like, were you hoping that this thing was over at that point? I mean, I was hoping Yanmark would have buried that empty net and Eckblad wouldn't have even taken the penalty. Um, and then obviously we got the power play chance and Soderberg was right there at it. So um, that, I would have liked to see them bury it there. But yeah, it makes you a little nervous because Florida, obviously they're an elite team. Uh, they're sitting right there behind the lightning um, in the central division. And they're, you know, arguably uh, close to being uh, on that level of them. when you're talking about elite teams uh, in the National Hockey League. And, it, you know, they're always going to be coming back with something at the other end so I really wish they would have been able to bury it that wasn't the case but um, as we talk about getting down to the very end of the storm uh, I think the last one to kind of cap it off was Murphy's diving breakup on Hornquist uh, with just around five seconds left uh, as they were driving in looked like they were going to have a little bit of a two-on-one chance Uh, so Connor Murphy deserves some props here and then obviously they're able to tie up the draw at the very end and uh, record the win Uh, that was huge because Florida wasn't able to run their set face-off play that they probably drew up on the bench after the timeout. Um, so, you know, props to Connor Murphy there. And finally, the Blackhawks ultimately weathering the storm and picking up two points for the first time in almost two weeks. Yes, Johnny. And that's why we're talking about a victory. And overall, man, uh, you go to the number one star of the game, that's Kevin Lankinen. And I think uh, we've touched on him a few times here, but just an excellent rebound performance for him. I think an excellent rebound performance for the team. We've said it so far throughout consistently uh, during this postgame show, uh, the response that the Blackhawks had to adversity uh, during the road trip, to adversity within this game. Um, overall, Johnny, they they got back to the things that we were excited about watching uh, before that road trip. And, and a lot of the positives – uh, that they they had going for them uh, were easily identifiable tonight. You put it, uh, you know, very well there uh, for kind of final observations. Uh, I wanted to t- circle back on Kevin Lankin in a little bit, though. Um, I feel like a young goaltender like that, as much as we call him, calm, cool, collected Kevin, the results can get to you. You look at it and you see if your team's slipping, you see if your performance is slipping. So, Tony, I think this was huge and it can't be understated. Uh, Kevin Lankin in making big saves, big time situations and multi save sequences here uh, tonight. I think that was huge for his confidence. And I think we're going to get another little jolt uh, like we had and like I was talking about I go back to that mid-February early March stretch where it seemed like hey we like he was like almost untouchable 
Yeah, that that's exactly what you want to see happen here, Johnny. Is you want to see them build off of this, and it, this is an easily build offable game. Um, you know, these types of games lay the foundation for win streaks. Uh, when you can weather storms like that, when you can stay on top of an opponent who's equal to you somewhat, if not better than you in the standings, um, and take a ton of positives like this for a young team, this is a very invigorating game. Uh, a lot of the guys who you wanted to see get going again got going. Uh, you saw Patrick Kane out there controlling play. You saw him out there, you know, uh, you know, getting on the score sheet, making passes. You saw Carl Soderberg back in the, in the spots that he needed to be in. You saw Nikita Zorov get, uh, you know, uh, a shot that gets redirected into the net. You got guys who you want to see get going, get going. Um, quiet tonight, but, uh, you know, still another guy who's still been on the score sheet a lot lately, Alex Dabrinkit. Uh, so you've got a lot of these pieces on the offense moving again, Johnny, and you've got your goaltender hot. Uh, I haven't had too much bad to say about the defense so far this year overall, um, and you saw them step up in big situations tonight. There's so many positives that you can go back tonight and build off of uh, and start another one of these win streaks, Johnny. I think it's right there on the table for them. It's there for the taking, so it's going to be up to them tonight to match what they did tonight uh, from an effort intensity level and carry that over on the second game of back-to-back because you know Joel Quinville will have his boys ready to go. Um, there there was a little bit of injury news that we uh, skipped over before, uh, but Alexander Barkov, a uh, very notable name, Florida's captain, not in the lineup tonight. He has torched the Hawks for nine points uh, in just, I think, four games uh, previously before this. So um, he is day-to-day right now, so we'll see how that thing shakes out as we lead into uh, Thursday's matchup. Um, But my final thing here, and it's going to go a little bit meatball, Tony, um, we talked about, you know, answering the bell, responding, um, you know, adding a little bit of physical edge. We talked about the instances of Zadorov, Murphy mixing it up, uh, Matias Yenmark, and I think Gudes were mixing it up at one point too. Uh, but I, I just kind of scroll down this thing and Ryan Carpenter, three hits up front, two for Carl Soderberg, one for P.S. Tudor, three Connor Murphy on the back end, six for Nikita Zadorov, four for Calvin DeHaan. Um, now, I know this doesn't correlate directly, but you go and tell me that that effort doesn't matter. Well, guess what? The Blackhawks outchanced in high danger, uh, 10 to eight against Florida night, 29 to 23, um, at five on five, uh, from a regular scoring chance standpoint. So, um, I'm, I'm not saying that's a direct, you know, cause and effect, but Hey, when you lay the lumber a little bit, um, that's going to make them think twice about thinking they can do anything, uh, at any area of the ice. That's true, Johnny. And I also just want to go back here though. Uh, the Blackhawks out hit 42 to 24 tonight, um, 24 hits for the Hawks. And I, I haven't gone back and looked recently to see, uh, what they're averaging per game, but it was a much more identifiably physical game for the Blackhawks. Um, I, I feel like I've looked at some of these score sheets, uh, on these post game shows and, and, and seen like eight hits, uh, normally for the Hawks where, uh, I, I think Florida plays, uh, a, a very physical game, especially tonight. Forty-two registered hits. I think that's that's a that's a lot. That might be the most I've seen in a while, Johnny. And it didn't really feel like the Hawks were getting overrun by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have to check on that with the uh, the official scorekeeper on this one. But um, you know, the Hawks can still improve in that area, and I think that that's something that uh, 
you know, if you're looking at this one, you're talking about the importance of it, Johnny. If you're Jeremy Carlton, you got to be telling these guys like continue to stay physical. Um, this is something that the Hawks have had a problem with for mm-hmm. a long yeah. time. So, I mean, it, it, it the results do speak for themselves. I'm not saying go full full meatball, uh, but you know, having a little bit of physicality yeah. in your game can open some shit up for guys like Patrick Kane. That's exactly the point I was driving at, Tony. I'm not trying to go and drive, and you don't need to out hit everybody every night as long as it's effective yep. when you do so. Uh, and you also, you know, protect your goaltender, take care of your skill guys. That's, you yep. know, first and foremost in the physicality front. Uh, but then, you know, like I said, just fin- finishing your checks so they don't feel like they have free reign uh, in the offensive zone. That, that's kind of the point I was driving at. So, um, you know, not a direct correlation with that, but you do that a little bit more, and, and teams will be a little bit more hesitant to maybe just go in. And, and uh, go full willy nilly. Uh, don't be soft. The net and whatnot. Yeah, just don't, don't be soft. Be soft. You play a hard game like you did tonight. That's that's my bottom line here for final observation. So uh, before we get into uh, the next game preview here, uh, let's get a word from our sponsor, Manscaped. Hey guys, the weather's finally warming up. COVID spring break is right around the corner, and you know what that means? It's time for a party in your pants. Uh, Manscaped is here to ensure that that party never stops. Uh, For everyone preparing uh, for that this spring break, I have a 20% off discount for you using the code ONTAP at manscaped.com. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0, the waterproof cordless body trimmer, plus a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those in need of a chest or a ball shave. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. I use it myself and I can confirm. Be sure to use the Crop Cleanser Body Wash to keep your body, hair, and skin feeling healthy and fresh. Inside the package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. you also find the Crop Reviver, a ball toner spray-on to keep the boys fresh all day. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxers. Go get 20% off and free shipping on all these great items by using the code ONTAP at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. That's 20% off and free shipping using the code ONTAP, all one word, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code ONTAP. And we're back. Thank you to Manscaped for that little ad read there. Uh, We are getting in now to the preview of the Blackhawks versus Panthers rematch here Thursday, March 25th, 7 p.m. Central Time at the United Center. Uh, Game will be aired on NBC Sports Chicago here. So Blackhawks maintain their position in fourth place of the Central. Uh, They had it. It was tied in points with Columbus entering today. But now, obviously, the win uh, jolts them up there, 35 to Columbus's 33. Granted, they were idle tonight. Uh, they were still above in points percentage before, uh, but you're sitting in there in that spot. Uh, Panthers 28 and 4, 44 points, good for uh, a third in the central. Um, you know, this is a Joel Quinville team, as I had mentioned before, Tony. They're not going to take a night off Thursday. So, um, you know, a lot of it can kind of be rehashed from tonight, but biggest keys for uh, this rematch. Biggest keys, Johnny, uh, you know, I go back and I look at the Blackhawks again in, in second games. And I know uh, if you throw that road trip away, uh, the Blackhawks uh, know how to play 
uh, game two against an opponent. Uh, we've seen the same opponents over and over again so far this season, Johnny. Uh, obviously, with the schedule changes uh, due to the uh, the COVID pandemic uh, that has set up this crazy schedule, uh, teams know each other by now. Uh, I don't think that the Blackhawks are unfamiliar with Florida, and Joe Quinville and his team are, are, are probably experts on the Chicago Blackhawks as much as they can be at this point. So what you're going to have to do, Johnny, is you're going to have to continue to come out and set the tone early, carry that possession game, play a physical hard game. I mean, it's it, the, the exact thing that they did tonight. Like you said, rehash a lot of this stuff, carry the same exact mentality and play style into tonight or that they had tonight into their next match. And they should be just fine. Mine would be uh, generating a little bit more on the rush. And, um, you know, they when they got back from the Florida road trip, um, they came into practice on that first day back, and they really worked on things through the neutral zone. And if you want to beat this team, their, their D can get up and be aggressive. I mean, hey, Aaron, Aaron Eckblad is like one of the leaders, and I know he's a very good, well-rounded player, but he's one of the leaders in goals there. So he's always looking, up, looking to jump up and get his. Any chance that you can have, I'm not saying be irresponsible and leave the zone early, but, hey, when you have it through the neutral zone, find your lanes and let's get in behind those defense. And even if you're not scoring on every single one of those, create that odd man rush. Create it so it feels like, you know, we you talked about it. Even when there's not momentum maybe in your favor, make it feel like there is uh, yes. with, with some of that momentum. So or with some of that speed uh, that you have, obviously, on the outside. So um, th- that would be my one kind of tactical uh, adjustment. Use a little bit more of the rush because they can do it to you right back. Uh, so if you can go and establish that a little bit earlier than them, uh, might be getting them uh, playing a little bit on their heels, more uh, thinking back twice about their defensive responsibilities. So that would be my one tactical adjustment. And again, uh, just like you said, set the tone, uh, play that hard style once again. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're coming out of here with two points. And if not, uh, fight to the death. Fight to the death and at least get another point out of this game. I think that'd be my other message to the room. Well, I think, Johnny, that you have to go into every single game down the stretch with that mentality. And I think that now's the time because we're talking about we're talking about playoffs. We're talking about standings. We're in standings watch mode at this point in time because the Hawks have have gotten themselves to a point where they deserve to be in that conversation. And until they either solidify it or fall completely out of it, we've got to we've got to talk about this. And yes, getting every single point at this point in the season absolutely matters. It did earlier. It's even more crucial now, and will be more crucial down the stretch. So, uh, you know. If it if it means trying to fight for that extra goal just to push a game to overtime, even though you're out of gas, uh, that's what we've got to be doing at this point in time. Yeah, indeed, and you can lean on guys like uh, Brandon Hagel uh, in that instance there. Uh, I feel like we can talk about yep. him every game here, uh, but the, those are the type of guys, and I love what they said uh, in the post-game show, and it was I think it was Jammer uh, that had said it. His work ethic alone makes other guys want to work harder around him. So uh, let's everybody have a little Brandon Hagel in us on Thursday night uh, from both fans yes. and uh, from, uh, you know, uh, from the on-ice standpoint. So uh, I'd love to see that. All right, uh, Tony, stick to click. Who's getting it done? Brandon Hagel, like absolutely, dude. Like you, <laughs> you were, you're just right there. The turnaround. <laughs> yeah, th- th- there is no turnaround there because you you stole the words right out of my mouth. Like if there's a guy you want to wake up with uh, and have the same energy for your day every single day, it's Brandon Hagel. Like I saw this kid flying down uh, the boards. You talked about uh, like you know generating opportunities on the rush, and uh, Brandon Hagel seems to be able to do that consistently. Um, 
I feel confident with him, you know, just coming down, bringing it into the zone. Uh, his zone entries seem to be some of the cleanest because he's got that speed. He can go. Um, if this kid can just find a little bit more of a scoring touch, like he's going to be one of the most dangerous players on this roster. I love what I see from him. Uh, I'm already rather ready to give him like the four feathers player of the year award here. Um, if you can't tell, like we're, we're at least myself, have been developing some sort of like player crush on Brandon Hagel so far this year. But I think that speaks volumes to his work ethic and what he's done so far. Uh, he's just an exciting player, Johnny, and I, I have to pick him. It's hard not to develop that crush. I feel like in, that's a great thing when all across the whole uh, kind of hardcore old school hockey fans all the way to the new age uh, analytics guys can all uh, kind of chime in and be on the Brandon Hagel train uh, there. I love it, Tony. That's a great pick. I think he's almost a good pick any night. Um, feels weird saying since usually it's the Debrinket and Kane in there, but he just seems to be creating things every night. So I love that pick. Uh, I'm going to go with my guy, Ryan Carpenter, though. Uh, obviously, I'm wearing the jersey tonight uh, as I do for a great majority of Blackhawks games, but but as I'm going back to this, my reasoning for this, um, I feel like a shorty is in the works on Thursday night. Uh, they had a couple of rushes uh, in the first Florida power play chance. Um, and granted, they did give up a little bit at the other end, but Lankinen made the stops. Uh, they did rush into the zone multiple times, though, shorthanded. And I feel like Ryan Carpenter can be a beneficiary of that very easily. So I'll go with old number 22, uh, Carby Boy. All right, last two things before we get out of here, Tony. Yes. We did not award a cool and tough player of the the game uh from this past one uh from tonight's game uh like i said so well let's start off with you uh who are you giving your award to tonight you know i feel like i've talked about brandon hagel enough but uh he was he was definitely in contention there i i, I mentioned uh you know just seeing him getting out on the score sheet early uh was was right there with that assist but uh cool and tough player of the game i think i'm actually going to go with patrick kane for the uh the assist on the carl soderberg spot uh just a nice pass got the job done um and you know that that was the difference maker in this one and you know a lot of times you talk about uh you know cool and tough getting things done where they need to be um I think Patrick Kane in that spot, very underappreciated moment. I think because it is Patrick Kane that gets the spotlight, but you put anybody else there in that situation and, you know, that pass might be two inches off tape uh, and that's the difference maker in the game. And I think that, you know, his, his ability to put that right where it needed to be was the coolest and toughest moment in this game. So I'm going Patrick Kane for that pass. I love the reasoning that you gave behind that because we talk about it and we've transitioned from, you know, hockey, obviously there it's always game winning goal. It's always recorded, you know, which one was the one that put your team over the top. That's always recorded within hockey stats. We've brought that over on our baseball coverage side of things. And on yes. socks on tap, we talk about the, you know, game winning hit, the game winning run, whatever it may be. So uh, I love the reasoning behind that uh, on Patrick Kane there. Um, I think that's a great pick, but I'm going to go with Kevin Lankin for having the swagger back, uh, making the kick saves, making the, you know, uh, the stacking the pads uh, through traffic like he, you know, did early on that made us go, wow. So I think that's a big thing for him to get back in the groove. Uh, Kevin Lankinen, cool and tough player of the game for me here on this uh, Tuesday night game. So um, as we round this thing out, I have one last thing. And Tony, the possibilities are endless with Mackenzie and Whistle. I know he only played, you know, a handful of minutes tonight, but holy shit, dude. Return of the Mac, Macker, Mac attack. Power strides are cool and tough, dude. The possibilities are endless here from an on-tap branding standpoint. Yeah, you love it. There's so many different uh, just things that we can go with. 
Um, you know, I haven't really thought them out yet, but uh, you you just dropped like five or six of them that uh, we're going to have to figure this one out. I, I brought up 40s for Fortin, and I feel like there's something we can do here. It's just I've, I've got to get the juices cooking. Yeah, I can't wait to get in the lab and get the juice cooking with the on-tap guys here. But, hey, uh, good to see Macker make his NHL debut. Um, although, you know, I'll be in a small role here, but we'll see how he goes uh, going forward here because he is a big body uh, and he can slot into those uh, lower line roles. And he has some good hands. So he can provide some assists, too. So that's what I like about him and Brandon Hagel, where I feel like a guy like Matthew Highmore or Reese Johnson that they're replacing. Sure, they do provide some of that grit, but they're a little bit rough around the edges uh, when you need a little bit of depth scoring. They might not be the exact options that you'd be able to go to there. So um, I just wanted to re- run this thing out uh, with a little bit of uh, return of the Mac. I mean, is it too early to call him Big Mac? Big Mac. See, there we go. That We already got the juices flowing. So uh, stay tuned uh, for that. And, uh, you know, hey, shout out to Margaret and Whistle. That is uh, Mackenzie's mother. She follows Four Feathers on Twitter. Um, and whenever, you know, she's just Blackhawks fan, too, obviously, because her son is on the team, no doubt. But um, got to you know, be a the, fan. She, she is a uh, you know fan of Four Feathers as well. So, hey, shout out to all of the end whistles. Uh, we cannot wait until Mackenzie Potts' first goal. Uh, I think we can whip up something cool for that. So um, that, that about does it for tonight's show, though. Once again, Blackhawks defeat the Panthers 3-2. to two. First win in almost two weeks here. Feels good to have two points and have some victory beers with you, Tony. That's the title of this episode. Let's close it out. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.